be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. And then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When the vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants. One they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. And again, he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones. But they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? And they answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. And Jesus said to them, Did you never read in scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord has this day been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. Some years ago, I mentioned in my homily a certain character out of Greek mythology by the name of Cassandra. Those of you, and many of you who have read the Iliad, are familiar with her. I'd like to mention her one more time, but in a different context. You'll remember who she was. She was the daughter of Priam, the king of Troy, and Hecuba, his wife. And she was loved by Apollo. The sun god was a cruel god. And he gave her a gift, the gift of prophecy, the gift to foretell the future. But she rejected him. And the sun god, in punishment, 
didn't take the gift away, but he made it so that no one would ever believe her. She was always right, but no one would listen. She was the one who told them not to bring the Trojan horse into the city. But they did, and the city and the people were destroyed. She herself was taken off to Greece in slavery. There's a great deal of difference between the prophets of myth and the prophets of the Old Testament and the prophets of today. Although the prophets sometimes spoke of the future, and they did, the primary job of a prophet in Scripture is to proclaim the will of God and necessarily to proclaim the will of God when the people have wandered away from it, to call the people back to the covenant, back to what they had agreed to be, back to what they should have been, back from the gods of their neighbors, back from worshiping the idols of the people around them. And more often than not, they were rejected. Rejected, beaten, even killed. Because the people didn't want to hear what they had to say. They were offended that someone would dare confront them with their own infidelity. Generally speaking, we don't want to hear that. Especially when we know it. We'd rather not have anybody tell us. Today's gospel is about this, obviously. The parable is addressed to the chief priests and elders of the people. Our Lord knows his audience. He speaks of a vineyard. The vineyard is important. There are two meanings of the vineyard in this gospel, as there are in Scripture. In the first reading, we have the vineyard. The vineyard is Israel. Israel, again, that has wandered away from God, has forgotten what they promised to be, again, has taken up the ways of their neighbors, of the people around them. And so we have a vineyard, and, of course, remember, for us, the vineyard has a different meaning, too. And then he leases it to tenants, the people of Israel. And he sends the prophets, and they ignore them, One they beat, another they killed, a third they stoned. He sent other servants, more prophets, and they too were ignored. Read the prophets. It's really a a rather sad life to be an Old Testament prophet, especially someone like Jeremiah. We've heard him so often during the course of a year, rejected again and again and again, plotting to kill him. In the end, he winds up going out into exile, and no one knows what happens to him in Egypt. He just disappears. He did what he was supposed to do and was rejected for doing it. God never promises success to his prophets. He simply tells them what they must do. And then our Lord tells them finally, so I will send my son. Now, the vineyard now changes. The vineyard now becomes the church the new Israel. And our Lord says to them after they have killed the son, 
Notice, notice how he put it. He said, they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. That's important. Our Lord was taken out of Jerusalem, out of the kingdom of God that had been, out of Israel, and crucified outside the city. And he says to them, what will the owner of the vineyard do? Now, of course, the chief priests and the elders are the tenants. They are Israel. He tells them they will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants. Our Lord says, yes, that's true. In other words, now all humanity will be called to the kingdom of God. But it's a new kingdom, a new vineyard, a new feast, too. Now it's the church. But we have to remember that. We have prophets in our own age, don't we? Many. Not all prophets are true. There are false prophets. We, too, want to listen to the voices of the, nation, of the nations around us, of our neighbors, of the people who worship false gods. We want to do that, too. And it's the job of the prophets today, primarily the church, to call us back from that to what we were meant to be. I was talking to somebody the other day who was not Catholic, and they were remarking that... Um, the church has that unenviable position. It seems almost everybody else has the, how shall we put it, the flexibility to do whatever they want to do, to go along with the culture, to accept whatever the culture gives them. But the church does not. She must, in her prophets, and we are all in our own way called to be prophets by our baptism, by the way, which means to proclaim the will of God to the world in which we live, especially with the world that does not want to hear the will of God as it comes to us. And the church must do that, even in the midst of rejection. And it will come as we see it. The church stands up for all those things um, that are part of what it means to be human. When the world is becoming less and less human, she is going to be rejected, and so are we. And people will leave, and they will wander away. Uh, but we are all called to that kingdom nevertheless. And so our Lord then says to them, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. And the, the kingdom in fact has been. But the church has to be true to herself. And she will. But the vineyard has another meaning, as we all know. The vineyard is the Eucharist. This is where the kingdom of God really becomes present. This is where we come to know the kingdom of God. It's only through the Eucharist and through that kingdom that we then can respond to the prophets in our midst. You and I cannot exercise the prophecy of our baptism without the Eucharist. And it's the Eucharist, then, that gives us the strength to do it, but also gives us the strength to respond to the prophets as we hear them. So, uh, we come together today one more time to enter into that kingdom and enter into that vineyard, trusting in what God has done, trusting in what we've, we've been called to be, and trusting in our capacity to do it. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will always be truly prophetic in proclaiming and living the will of God, particularly the Church suffering, we pray to the Lord. Lord hear our prayer.
for all nations of the world, especially our own, that they will listen to the true prophets in their midst. We pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, for those who are lonely or rejected or confused, that they may realize that they are too prophetic in their sufferings, for those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost their faith, we pray to the Lord. Lord, This month especially for an end to abortion, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who in a unique way will proclaim the will of God to our world. For a greater reverence for the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, that having listened to the will of God, (coughs) they may then proclaim it, we pray to the Lord. Lord For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, and all those who died in the shootings in Las Vegas, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. For all the hurricane victims, especially for the people of Puerto Rico, we pray to the Lord. Lord, And for all of us here, that having listened to the prophets, having listened to the church, we may proclaim the kingdom of God. We pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the Queen of Prophets as we sing. Mm-hmm. 